It's Sunday night. It's six o'clock Eastern. It's time for another deep conversation. You already know Aquarian Anarchy coming right back at you. Tonight's quote is from Aleister Crowley. Liberty stirs once more in the womb of time. Doesn't it always? Seems to find a way to always be stirring. We, I don't know, We, as you have probably noticed if you've been watching this show, we have been taking quite a few breaks from the political and the, the stuff of the last two years uh, conversation. And we have been going more and more into something that is very important to the three of us which is uh, spirituality, the ethereal, um, things beyond the, what the eye can see, and trying to understand those things more and trying to align ourselves better with that. And tonight is no exception. Um, I'm going to hand things off to Nico and let him uh, take it from here because we have a, a special guest on tonight who is going to help us to dig a little deeper into that from a different perspective. Yo, what's good? Uh What's good with you, Aga? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I do not know how to pronounce your name. You most definitely did tell us how to, and I most definitely did forget. Um, as you know, I'm great at forgetting things, but I'm not great uh, at forgetting about uh, deep things. Um, pause. I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I am great about remembering uh, very special people and who hmm. are very intellectual and know who how to uh, go in depth when it comes to conversation especially about things that are uh, of the intangible, if you will. Uh, but without further ado, I met my boy through GG33, mm. uh, basically a numerology group. But the group chat, we were able to speak our mind freely about, you know, how things are connected. And Aga most definitely showed out, especially on Twitter, with all the things that I retweet, if you pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. All he does is just retweet things that just kind of sing to the soul or catch the eye if you really know what you're looking for. But what's up with you, mm -hmm. my guy? Uh, nothing, man. I'm, I'm very honored and uh, I feel honored to be here to speak with you all. I'm always surprised when people uh, take notice of anything that I do because I'm like, I feel like what I'm what I'm reading or what I'm thinking is is common or normal but then the reactions say like no this is something different so anytime someone takes the time to like want to hear what i have to say uh, i'm always uh honored by that taken back by that as well most definitely so i mean let's go to the beginning how does this all start where does it all start um you mean like where i was where where does your your i mean from yeah, no, actually, yeah. Let's 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 talk oh, about you yeah, as an okay. individual. <laughs> as a, as an individual, my background, um, I'm from the East Coast. I'm actually from Virginia. Um, I have a lot of roots in um, the country. All of my family is um, deep into Christianity. Um, not very open when I was in, too much else. So. I've always been um, 
skeptical when it comes to Christianity. And I know that Chad, I know you're, you're Catholic and I know y'all have your different backgrounds, so I don't mean any, anything disrespectfully, but I've always been skeptical about uh, Christianity. Um, I, I, as a matter of fact, as I started digging deeper into spirituality, I always asked my mom, like, hey, when did I start to question things? And she would always say, like, hey, you've been like that since you could read, since like the age of five, you've been asking questions about the Bible, where did we come from? She, she used to say, I always asked her, um, is this real life? She was like, you always ask me that, like, is this real life? As if I knew here that this there's something more than than meets the eye um so as far as we can fast forward as far as my spiritual um i'll say uh, evolution or enlightenment um if i have research such a stage it, it probably started about five or six years ago when um I, are y'all familiar with the, the the term i'm sure you are the term dark night of the soul yes sir carolyn mace So I had I had I had that um, thrust upon me. I actually started experimenting with um, Moldavite at the time, and I'm not sure if I ever uh, uh, used Moldavite or used it for meditation or spiritual practices. But it's one of those crystals that uh, it would accelerate your um, your experiences into a spirituality, make you face things that you may not be uh, ready to face. But um, so I had my dark night of the soul. That lasted probably about three years, and once I came out of that, I okay, I just had this um, burning desire to like know more, and that's where I started to read a bunch of books, uh, go deeper into my meditations, pretty much just the normal things, and then I just had an epiphany, like okay, uh, probably within, um, I'll say within a year, I just had a peace, a peace of mind where I knew what I was here to do. And I knew that like, um, I'll be taken care of uh, by, by the higher, by the higher force, just by my higher self. Nice. Um, can I, can I cut in so real that's quick? Pretty, that's pretty much it though. Um, I, wa I yeah. wanted to ask you about, about this thing. You said you were asking at a young age, you were, you kept asking, is this real life? And I like, I had a similar experience when I was a kid like I, I actually felt like when I was probably the, as far back as I can remember it, I was like six or seven years old, maybe eight. And I like, I swore like everything was a simulation and like my mom and dad, everybody, like they were all like robots or something, some sort of like uh program that I was put in to see how I would re respond to it, how I would react to it. And like, I was like, it's like, none of this shit's real. Um, this is all just a test for me to see, you know, like I just, I had this weird sort of, uh, sort of like, so, so when, when I heard you say that, I was like, shit, like, I think we all kind of, uh, we're all kind of tapping into the same, uh, energy and inquisitiveness and everything. And it's about like, how many of us are willing to just accept the answers that we're given and how many of us are like, no, I'm going to question the, to the void. I'm going to keep questioning until there there's actually like an, an answer that i can't go any further with so y'all aren't figments of my imagination like y'all I, mean, I don't know it might be <laughs> <Y 'all are real. laughs> sure? as far as i know you're you're a figment of mine but uh but anyway if you don't mind i, I want to understand a little bit more about like how did that 
because like for me it was the world was a simulation and i was like surrounded by all these like robot programs npcs of, of a certain sort that i was just meant to interact with them and it was i guess in a way it could be seen as self-centric self-centered um but it was also like like kind of I, I thought of it more as like introspective and not so much like I wasn't feeling selfish about it. I was just like, I don't, sometimes I just wonder what the hell y'all are doing to me. Like, why is this shit happening? Um, so how, how did that manifest itself to you at a young age? Um, I would say the most um, prevalent way that I can, I can pinpoint is just my um, almost insatiable lust for knowledge because I, I felt like I was always looking for something to um either verify or disprove what i was experiencing mm. and so I'm, I'm 33 years old now um but my mom says that since i've been able to read since probably about three or four i've always been like my nose in the book and i'm i'm probably within Three months to six months did I recently find enough peace ago. Three months, six months uh, ago did I recently find enough uh, this peace where, okay, maybe um, all of these things are real or not real, but I have like this peace that I'm here to do a certain thing and nothing else really matters. Um, mm. I went through stages where I was reading, um, watching documentaries because I was always feeling like I needed to fill this void or try to gain this understanding. But then through meditation, um, I haven't had that urge. Like I just have this, this light, like click on and I can't really describe it for you. This light click on where everything makes sense because I know my role in, in, in the whole scheme of things. Mm. What's that role? So <laughs> I figured that would come up. Um, my role. <laughs> you can't say um, something like that and get away with it. To be. <laughs> <laughs> and my role, is, from, my, from my perspective, is to be what's called uh, the, well, it's been termed a spiritual ambassador of uh, my family. Um, one of my teachers, um, he, he's a big uh, person. Well, not, I wouldn't say huge, but he's on um, YouTube. His name is Andrew Ali um, or S. Ali Myers. I'm not sure if you heard of him or not. Um, but he's he coined the term, at least the first time I saw it, was spiritual ambassador. So that's the person in your family who's supposed to be like that bridge um, between mm -hmm. the natural and the spiritual. So for mm -hmm. my family, I know that's me because no one else in my family is conscious. And so... I get dreams and, and, and um, gut feelings that says that everything that I want extra in my life will come as a result of me doing my work taking care of my ancestors. I mean, that's pretty much like the biggest part of my magic at this point in time is just ancestral magic, altar magic, ancestral veneration, that type of thing. Um, nice. Yeah, that's, that's that's my role. Um, and then there's a little, there's a few, there's a few other things additionally that come with that. But the biggest part is making sure my assets are taken care of. Actual. 
One of the things that that I find interesting about you is is uh, personally from following you on Twitter is I like that you you're similar to me in many ways that you you've mixed a lot of different things to find your own way and that that you might throw a title on this or that and I really like the family ambassador title I probably mm-hmm. service service that in my family as well and so I really like that description but what I like is that you you're not fixated on this is the 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 truth and this is the only place that I this is the only cup I can go to 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 get sustained with so I, I enjoy that and if you see if people see me looking up what's going on is you know, I don't even know how this happened around or something no, it's a big ass like bumble. That's a motherfucking killer moth. I, I heard, heard that. I heard that thing buzzing. Bro, I was like, it's a, a bumblebee, dude, in my basement. In my studio is in the basement of my house. I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was Aga, and it, like there was a bee that was just like <laughs> zooming past. No, boat. no, it's it's like my lights are up here, and that bumblebee has found God. He is he's up there looking at the light. <laughs> but yeah, it's a huge bumblebee. But anyway, so just apologizing for that. But at the end of the day, what Aga, what I found interesting about you, and you and I have had a couple of exchanges on Twitter, um, but what I find interesting about you is, is that you also mix in ideas of liberty as well, which I think is natural uh, myself, but, but that hasn't been my experience of spiritual people. A lot of times spiritual people tend to be pretty left um, and, and pretty liberal. And, um, that never made any sense to me, but it it is what happens. And you fall more along the lines, at least from what I've seen of uh, a voluntarist and anarchist, um, uh, those kinds of things. So within your spirituality, how, how do you find freedom hitting that, that piece as well? Um, I think it's because, um, of the teaching that I have because like you said most people who are in the spiritual community tend to lean towards the left um, but I think by being in this group GG33 um, following SLE Myers and then I have another teacher um, someone that I follow and I, I appreciate uh, his name is um, he's on, on YouTube as well all of them had this message of don't get caught up in following a set path like if you do that it's pretty much the same as being in a religion like you're not supposed to take your spirituality and then have this uh set blueprint like you have this individual um to you as you are to the world and so with that like as i started to like customize things and customize my rituals and my practices um i started to see um, I don't know. I just started to feel more free. Like, whereas I, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in a church, Demo- a heavy Democrat family, um, heavy on the social pro- social programs, social systems. And then I realized that by leaning on a, a external um, institution, like they can dictate what you do. And mm-hmm. It's, to me, it's just a parallel, parallel, a parallel to spirituality. When you are so dependent on a teacher or a guru or anything outside of you, it limits what you can do. So as I became more um, independent and customizing my spiritual practices, it made me realize like, oh, well, I don't want this person telling me what to do on the natural world either. You know what I mean? So they kind of just went hand in hand with me. 
like not following anybody's path, just doing my own thing. Because at the end of the day, I know that I am God. And like, who can tell God what to do? Facts. Nice. Facts, real. So, uh, not, go, go ahead, Nico. No, no, go ahead. Um, so, you actually put me on Brother Yosef. Um, and one thing that I've picked up, oh, ain't that nice? One thing that I've picked up is, is uh, working with crystals. Uh, when did you yeah. start working with crystals and when did you realize, like, like, did you start working with crystals and watch the video and you realize you were using crystals wrong? Or did you, like, always have that information by starting out uh, with Brother Yosef? Um, I'm trying to think what came first, but from what I can recall, before I, I didn't find Brother Yusuf until the end of 2020, and I found Moldavite and Citrine and Black Tourmaline probably about 2018, because mm -hmm. um, that's where I was still kind of like in the, the thick of my Dark Night of the Soul experience, and I was just going through a lot of uh, things where I felt spiritually attacked and of course um, I was trying to come out of that and raise my raise my vibration but I kind of jumped into the crystals not really knowing what a crystal was not knowing how to cleanse them not knowing how to activate them just kind of feeling my way in the dark and so by the time I had found brother Yusuf it was it was uh, reaffirming what I had learned by experience you know what I mean so I watched this video and be like Hey, you should have done this. You should do this, this, and this. I was like, oh yeah, that's that's accurate. I wish I would have watched the video first. And that's pretty much been the experience with all everything I've done in spirituality. I've, I've gone in head first, and then I'll find somebody as a teacher, and they were like, here's how you avoid this pitfall. And I was like, man, I wish I would have found that video first. But at the same time, nothing can really replace your own experience. Factual, factual. You need those experiences to be able to guide you into if you are uh, more uh, experienced and mature the next time around and, you know, you surpass the cycle with the knowledge that you've obtained or you're back in the vicious cycle that you threw yourself back into. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Um, but so, go ahead, Marcus. No, no, that's okay, Chad. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, man, my questions can go for days, right, <laughs> so right. we're well, good. <laughs> that's facts. That's facts. I was gonna say, all right. So my, so being being Catholic and like having you know my uh, my relationship with God, my relationship with Christ, and and then like even um, you know I guess tertiary uh, or secondary and tertiary relationships with with saints, and then and and in a certain sense, it's, it's similar to, um, like ancestral, um, relationships and things like that. Thinking of things in terms of a relationship to me, it's <clears throat> this idea of experience versus like a technical understanding are, is, is like really, really drawn out and like pops because mm -hmm. I, I can read about a person. I can read about Marcus all day, but I know Marcus. <laughs> You know, like I know Marcus. I have experienced. Uh, pause. I have experienced Marcus. Um, um, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. Like it, it's a whole different, it's a whole different, a whole different level of knowledge when you've actually like spent time with someone and you've gone through experiences with them and you've you've been through shit with them than it is when you are just you know reading about them in a, in a book. It's a whole different 
ball game. And so how does that translate um, for, for you and your spirituality to, you know, someone like me, who's, who's talking about this in, in real terms of like, you know, a a God, you know, a, a monotheistic God and, and a, a person in Christ and comparing because what I what we have been trying to do for for a long time here is trying to rather than debate over whose religion is right or whose spirituality is right or anything like that is trying to help each other understand why number one why we might be able to learn from each other and why we might be able to share similar experiences together but number two and this is something I want to get into a little bit later on um, is why does it seem like everyone is not everyone, but a lot of people are waking up to this conversation right now that that conversation was nearly dead five years ago. Um, So if if you don't mind, like how that relationship and experiential aspect of, of spirituality versus a technical book learning, you know, type of understanding. Well, I would say that at least for me, I know it's a top three pitfall for everybody on the path. Um, but at least for me, that was probably number one is because I, I, I love learning in general. I like reading in general. Um, but it's definitely a trap to mm. be stuck in the books or to be stuck with mm. a teacher or to be stuck with a documentary or something like that. Mm. And so I believe that's why I've attracted the teachers that I have because um, if you look up S. Ali Myers, um, some of the stuff he talks about, he talks in a, and the way he talks, he talks in a very stern and to the point type of way that had I not found him as a as a guide, um, I probably would have still been stuck in just reading the books. But he comes with a message of, OK, you got all the books, you got all this, you read that. But like, what are you doing? And like when I heard that message, I was like. Surrounded by books, like a bunch of them open at the same time. But I was like, what am I doing? So it shook me out of that. And I think that's the I think that's where a lot of people are in their spirituality. And I think it's a necessary phase to to want to go and get all the information you can. Um, But at, at some point. If you want to have those authentic experiences by talking to your ancestors or meeting higher self or any of those type of things, that's not going to come from a book. It's going to come from you doing your meditative practices. It's going to come from you doing your rituals and that type of thing. Um, so I think that um, eventually, if a person has done their due diligence in trying to find the knowledge, I do believe that spirit will send something to wake them up out of out of that phase or they will get so full with knowledge where they're like, OK, I have enough time to move on to the next phase. Hmm. Absolutely. And and that's also been my experience. What you what you're describing actually fits really well to the the Kabbalistic or Judeo-Christian mystical idea of the tetragrammaton or the four letter name of God. Yod Hey Vau Hey, the um, the final the the, the mm-hmm. path, if you will, starts um, 
you have a balance in you. Uh, and for people that don't know, each of the letters in Yod, Hey, Val, Hey, which is Y H V H or Yah Yahweh, Jehovah, however mm -hmm. you want to pronounce mm -hmm. that. The um, the each of the letters corresponds, and I'm not going to get into a deep thing, but each of them corresponds to an element. And one of those elements is air. And air can take you so far, which is reading and it's knowledge and figuring out. And without that, if you're just mm -hmm. out doing random, random shit, that's not going to help nobody. <laughs> you know, you're just like, throw an apple up in the sky and I'll be free. That's, that's not going to work. But, but... <laughs> Right. But when when you get a balance and um, uh, of those and uh, Eliphas Levy described these as the four powers of the Sphinx, and they are to 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 know, to will, to dare, and to keep silent. Mm -hmm. And those four powers really combine um, in the individual to bring them forward. So you you have talked a lot. Mm -hmm. and so I just wanted to kind of put a, a capstone on that. Absolutely. That's exactly what I've experienced too. I started off similarly, just reading a bunch and trying to figure mm -hmm. it out and making shit up as I went. Like to, <laughs> this, this level of bullshit works in this place, <laughs> you know, whatever it is that I can get it. <laughs> but, but ultimately the, 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 what you said about learning uh, as you go and, and doing is exactly Exactly what happened. What happened to my own spirituality is um, whether, you know, because I've had an exciting spirituality too, whether it was working with spell work or working with calling an archangel or, and we oh, lost shit. our guest. So anyway, I'll complete that thought and hopefully he will be right back. Um, yeah, for sure. But um, anyway, at the end of the day, at when I uh, put all those things together um doing it has taught me way more than any mm -hmm. book i got it you got it yeah so as we wait for him to fully come back in aga you with us yet uh, give it a second i think i don't think the uh mic and everything is queued up yet Mr. Bumblebee is scaring the shit right out of me. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you <laughs> because it, it's, uh, it's not like hurting nothing, but it is just trying to get to God. This thing is like, I found the light and it's right in the middle of my basement. So I got to not you there. Oh, I'm here. I, I think everybody cut out for a little bit where I cut out. Yeah. Yeah. You, you dipped out of the stream. It's all good. You back. Um, so, so anyway, continue, finish, finish your, your thought. Marcus. So, so basically to wrap up before, uh, unfortunately you dropped, I, I, I basically was saying, I agree with you that I learned a lot from books, but when I started doing and and, and for a Christian, this is just taking the time in your day to pray. It's mm -hmm. not that big of a damn deal. The, these rituals, you know, people, when you hear the word ritual want to make it this huge thing. And that just isn't the case. That doesn't mean that we can't base a lot of things on some tradition and find uh, uh, some depth in that, but it it is about doing, you know, mm -hmm. speaking to um, any kind of spiritual um, force, if you will, is you get more in 10 minutes from talking to some angel or some elemental or some, some Loa or whatever spirit you're working with. 10 minutes with them is worth 400 bucks because you cut through the nonsense and the bullshit and they, and you just get to the direct 
mastery. And that works whether you're talking about crystals, whether you're talking about spirits, whether you're talking about reading the Bible. When you start implementing it in your life, that's where it happened. Um, I, I have noticed that you have, um, like, for instance, you've, uh, you, you, you like Kali. Kali's a big uh, deal. And for those that don't know, she's a uh, goddess of time and lots of big, big goddess, really important in Hinduism. But um, I also saw that you have a lot of African symbolism that you kind of incorporate too. Um, the one question I had uh, when relating that, because I recognize for myself the image that you're using that you use online and that you used for the that we used for this uh for this podcast um what does that symbol mean to you oh so this is um the helm of all um from as far as i know it's scandinavian nordic hmm. um it's a protection symbol um so one of my <laughs> another one of my teachers uh brother yosef again on on youtube um He's also a freestyle spiritualist. He was like, I use whatever works. I'm not left hand pass. I'm not right hand pass. I think I use whatever works. And so he talks about how a lot of people, when they first come to spirituality, they have a lot of religious or uh, cultural biases or whatever. And he was like, magic, magic, magic does not have a, a race to it. Um, so he was like, I'm going to use this very powerful Scandinavian freaking tome or emblem. And it doesn't matter if I'm black, like it's, it's magic, you know? And so that's how, I, that's how, that's how I get down. And then further by finding out who my spiritual parents were, uh, one being Lord Ganesha, who's on from the Hindu pantheon mm. and, and the goddess Oshun being African. I was like, mm. those are completely mm. different worlds. And that is more simple or uh like it just lets me know like none of that stuff is matter it's all energy and so if you call there's another trap if you call it in like the cultural or, or uh religious biases or whatever it is that you're gonna miss out on a lot of things that could be helpful to you. Mm -hmm. What's fun is that that you, you what I find funny is because I'm Germanic as shit. I am as bad as Germanic as they come. And uh, I had no idea. <laughs> right. I had no idea that was a Germanic symbol. Do you know where I recognize it from? It's an African-based symbol. Where is that? that was, it, the, the symbol you use is also used in Kimbondo, which is a African-based uh, voodoo-like religion from Brazil. And it is one of, it's slightly different, but barely. It's one of the many symbols of the god Exu. And mm, okay. so, so it's a real, so for me, I was like, oh shit, that's funny because the white guy is like, oh no, it's an African symbol. <laughs> that's <laughs> racist, Marcus. I know, I know. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Wild. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah that is wild. <laughs> If if I can find it, I'll try to send you the the uh, Kimbanda. They're called Pontos. Um, I'll try to send you the the symbol. It, 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 so I find it funny. Uh, and XU, in comparison to those that don't know, he would he is like lots of people compare him to the devil, but he's more like Loki out of the Teutonic system than than. Okay the devil he's very uh challenging for sure but but um but anyway that interesting uh 
correlation between the two of them. As for Ganesh and Oshun, Oshun is a huge deal for me. One of my daughters, um, because I work with uh, Santeria as well, and one of my daughters... Mm. Um, is massively into Oshun, and I have a daughter who is also into Urzuli, which is the voodoo version of Oshun. And um, so I'm, I'm very familiar with them. But the first thing you'd noticed if you walked into my living room and turned around the corner right by the door where Legba stuff is, I have a picture of Ganesh because I associate Ganesh with Legba. So I'm really uh, interested in how those two gods for you like work in your personal life? What, what do you, what do you feel that they work on you with and the combination? So I'll start with Oshun because I think that energy is that's the heaviest in my life at this point. Um, so anybody who's working with Oshun from what I've, from what I've learned, um, experience, they have issues with their heart shocker and they have issues with their, uh, romantic relationships. So I, I think that um, I'm here to do some healing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I did karmically before, but looking at my uh, astrological chart, um, I definitely have some healing to do with my relationships. I have a, a seven house stellium. I'm not sure if I know what that means, but basically I have three planets in the seventh house. So and that's the house of partnerships and whatnot. So um, with her being my spiritual mother, and having that, that plant, that uh, that astrological um, imprint on my chart, uh, um, she lets me know, like, hey, you have some stuff to do um, with women, how you view them, how you operate with them, um, and some forgiveness to do. You know what I mean? So um, that's the message that I take from her. But she's also a witch, and she's also a goddess that can uh, that is benevolent and can. Um, bestow uh wealth on you so um i take all of those different things all those different aspects of her to be like okay i'm supposed to here to uh treat women well um mm. make some money and you know and, and to tap into magic um ganesha i found it out later because there's some rituals you can do um that you can figure out who your spiritual parents are one of them is um, in your astrological chart, but the other, to find out your other parent, you have to do some digging. So I did a, a ritual, um, and I find out it was Ganesha. But when I started to read about Ganesha, I learned that he has um, a lot of different faces. So mm -hmm. um, I'm actually still learning more about that. But I know one of the faces, other than being like a god of benevolence and whatnot, but he also has some uh, demonic um, ties to him. Um, he also has some trickster energy to him, so I'm I'm still I'm still exploring that. I'm just doing my nice. best to venerate him as much as I can and tap into that part of him, tap into that part of the, his energy that's within myself. Um, hopefully, I answered your question. If I didn't, like, let me know so I can expound. Oh, that's good. No, no, that's good, man. Uh, yeah, uh, for me, Ganesh very similar. Uh, I, I really associate him with Legba. What you talked about with uh, him having many faces in in traditional voodoo, it it is said that all existence, and and I also know that in in Hinduism, the whole world is pictured as Ganesh's stomach. It's his belly. That's the. And some people say the universe. So, um, but um, in traditional voodoo, they believe that. Um, 
that there is actually only Legba, which would mean mean that there is only Ganesh, and that Legba is telling stories, and each of the stories become each of the different lower different spirits. And so it's a very similar idea to what you just talked about with uh, Ganesh being just one of many faces or having several faces, those kinds of ideas. I, I, I like overlaps, and I like things that, that are fun like that. Nico. Well, yeah, they have to. From from what I understand, they have to overlap. No, keep going. What's that? My bad. My bad. Keep going. Oh, uh, from what I from what I understand, they have to overlap because everything is connected. It's really the same energy. It's just the cultural personifications of the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I remember reading somewhere. They were talking about how Ganesha is the uh, same. He's he's actually Thoth in the uh, Egyptian pantheon. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense to have mm -hmm. so many hats um, in the Hindu pantheon. And you really him to Thoth who has so many hats in the Egyptian pantheon. I'm like, okay, so this makes a lot of sense that it's the same energy, just a different personification. For sure. Nico, you got something? Uh, I got two things. Um, the first thing would be, hi, everybody. This is a oh, local uh, broadcast on me coming to ask all of you Negroes and Negrets and Crackettes and Crackers and all that fun shit. Uh, no oh, $5. $5, <laughs> if you will. One, two, three, four, five for the Patreon. Please like, share, and subscribe. We have geniuses that are just, you know, dropping gems in the chat. And we also have these. Oh, wait, fuck. I'm not even going to worry about these directions. I have <laughs> these two people, uh, three people next to me who, uh, well, Aga's not in this, but Marcus and uh, Chad be dropping gyms as well. We are working on formulating a community that mm -hmm. can just thrive and prosper. So if you would like to join and you want to be a badass in the future, you know, one of them pure blood people, um, <coughs> then, uh, Slide through two shares, speed the spread, baby. Like, share, subscribe. And then, uh, the question being, um, would be Did you start looking into astrology first, or were you looking more amongst the historian factor when really, uh, like, uh, getting on your path or? Uh, yeah, going on your path. Did you learn astrology or did you learn history of like the gods and things of like that? Um, so I've always been um, that guy or that kid who watches a uh, sci-fi channel. So mm. I'll probably I'll probably say I started with Bigfoot, uh, the In Search of series, the Loch Ness monster, all of that stuff. That's where I started. Oh, um, okay, okay, okay. And then as I grew up and kind of grew. Well, I'm not gonna say I grew out of it, but I felt I feel like I had learned as much as I could without it um, taking up too much of my life about the uh, the cryptozoology, the aliens, and stuff like that. And so, but I've always had a desire to relate with people. So before I got into astrology, um, I was into like the Myers Briggs uh, personality type of assessments. Then I got into the Enneagram, which is very deep if you if you take the time to learn it. Um, and then I found Break that down astrology. I have no idea what, what the fuck an ideogram is. I don't lie to you. 
So, um, the basic um, understanding of the Enneagram that I have is that so the person the person comes in or a soul comes in as a blank slate and they start to exhibit certain defense mechanisms. That's what we call the personality by what they have experienced in their early childhood. Mm-hmm. And so the Enneagram is, has a one through nine uh, scale and each number represents a certain type of personality or defense mechanism. Um, what I like about the Enneagram is that um, it shows you um, how healthy you are. So let's say, for example, I, I'm a type eight in the Enneagram. It's called the challenger. It's like the, you're a very aggressive type of person. Um, you challenge authority. You don't like being told what to do, whatever, whatever, which is true. But not only um, based on the question, not only do you know I'm a type eight, you can see are you a healthy type eight? Are you unhealthy? So if you have somebody like me who's a um, doesn't like to be told what to do, has to be their own boss, on the healthy scale is someone who is benevolent. Like, I don't like being told what to do, and I don't want you telling what everybody else what to do. I want everybody to be free. On an unhealthy scale, you can have someone who's a type eight, and they're a tyrant. Like, they use they, – they don't know how to uh, – they don't know how to use their their uh, ability for the for the greater good. So that's that's something that you the Enneagram is a whole science on itself. It'll be almost like me trying to break down astrology in, in, in a minute. The Enneagram okay. is very, very right. deep. That, that's dope. That's dope though. That makes sense though. It's <laughs> but, like you can make so many different patterns. It's like pairing five and five, you can get 25 different ways, but in all in all, those 25 different ways have uh a certain variation yeah yeah it makes sense it makes complete sense and it makes sense on why it goes in so depth does it actually coincide or correspond with the like numerology can you use numerology with it um in a way in a way so everything everything is number like you can't get away get away from numbers once you Mm -hmm. really understand what numerology is the different aspects of uh of god but the enneagram I've I've mostly seen it used as a psychological tool, not really a a divination tool. Uh, astrology and numerology is. Um, there's a couple. Man, I got probably got like three books on it. But, but the best one I've read is called uh, "The Wisdom of the Enneagram," and they go into the uh, really deep um, explanation about like how you're not supposed to really be any number you're supposed to be a whole person like you're supposed to end up healing mm. that personality defense mechanism um to become a whole person um but to answer the answer your question um i ended up getting into astrology probably about 2012 2013 somewhere around there um mm. just because it had always um been interesting to me but um i never took the time to like dig into it but once I did, I was like, okay, so this is actually a science. This is not like something you read in the newspaper. It's not something that you do on Twitter. It's like it actually takes some study and application. So then once I found so this is this is what this is why I get so frustrated with Twitter sometimes and I sometimes I don't like being up there. It's because once you learn what astrology is, you have to do the history. You have to do the symbolism. 
you have to understand mm-hmm. what's really happening. You know what I mean? You're not going to understand that right. if you don't go into the history and the symbolism. You, it's almost impossible to understand astrology without understanding symbolism. So, right. but very true. I'll leave that very tangent true. there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that it's so since you were kind of going in that direction, it, it leads me to something I, I read that uh, you tweeted like not that long ago, like maybe a couple of days ago or so. Um, where you're talking about people who use this stuff, whether it's numerology, astrology, or, or any of this stuff. Um, and they they kind of, they almost make it, it, it spoke a lot to some of the stuff that I've been kind of re-realizing, I guess, uh, about my own spirituality, in that when we make some of these things the, the, end, the, the end itself, instead of a means to the end, a tool to, to help us, grasp a you know a part of the bigger picture i think a lot of times sometimes we can worship the telescope and mistake it for the stars mistake it for the galaxy for the universe instead of just saying no this telescope is a a way for us to see the universe more clearly and in more depth but it is not the universe itself (laughs) um so exactly where did that come from like how how did you come to that realization and what has that meant to you to actually start to develop that. Again, I would have to give a shout out to S.L.E. Myers, Andrew Ali. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I retweet some of his stuff on Twitter sometimes too. Um, but that he's the guy who got me to the phase I am now where he calls uh, self-God realization or self-mastery. And it was really uh, apropos because I was watching some of his videos and he was like, it's ridiculous that so many people who say they're uh, that they are God or they're tapped into knowing who they are, but they paralyzed by Mercury retrograde. He's like, that doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. Like, if you're God, mm-hmm. you can go and do whatever you want to. It doesn't it doesn't matter what number the day is. It doesn't <laughs> matter what planet is doing what. If you set your intention, you go out there and you dominate. You know, you do you do whatever it is you want to do. And so when I watched that. And I was like, man, that, that that makes so much sense. And of course, like I'm in a group, um, me and Nico in that group, GG33. And I, I definitely appreciate the network and I definitely appreciate some of the minds that are in the in the group. But there are some people in that group and outside of that group that are too paralyzed by mm. the numerology. They are too paralyzed by being a Virgo or whatever. They're too paralyzed. Yeah, you talked about I'm it a, being fatalistic. I'm a, that. And I'm like, no, no, that's Absolutely. Yes. I think I, if I'm remembering the, the tweet you're talking about, I said, don't become a prisoner to your numerology. And I think that's where a lot of people are stuck. They're like, well, I can't do this or I can't date this person because I'm a Leo or whatever. And I'm like, the point of it is to bring awareness to the issue or to bring awareness to the day or to bring awareness to what's happening and then make your own decision. Like the divination tool is not supposed to decide for you. Mm-hmm. And so I but again, I, I got to that point maybe three, three or four months ago. I wasn't always there. I was a prisoner to my numerology. That's why I can speak on it. I, I black, so I'm a five life path. That means I can't be with X, X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? But like right. when you realize, no, you are the entire universe. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want to do. You know what I mean? If you tap into that. 
So hey, that's my spiel on that. That's, <laughs> that's that's actually very very true. I've been like sitting here trying to think. Like I've been in paralysis and I haven't been in paralysis. So my I had a rude awakening when I with one of my calendars because my uncle's birthday was April fifteenth and um, <clears throat> I made a compatibility calendar for like the good days and the bad days for my aunt and uncle and like days for them chill days for them to like back off. And this nigga gets drunk as hell on his birthday and ruins the entire day. And she looked at me. She was like, Nick, this was supposed to be a good day. I was like, wait, <laughs> him being inebriated has nothing to do with um, me telling you it's a good day or bad day. Um, but mm. like it, 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 it snapped me back into reality. It's like, it's just puzzle pieces that you use to solve the whole board. It's you don't mm-hmm. take this piece and be like, Oh my God, this puzzle is beautiful. No nigga. It's just a part of it. It's not the whole thing. It doesn't make it go around and around because guess what? You still have to walk and go do the action in the first place. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Um, I, I just equate, I just equated to it being the weather channel. Like you can see out, you can see maybe, maybe this, it's a five day or maybe seven day or maybe the, the sun isn't Taurus or whatever. But like at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Like look on the chance it's raining outside. You you get an umbrella and you go about Fact. your day. Like it's not Fact. supposed to Fact. paralyze you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also has to do with people who have no sense of identity. So they leech on to. Oh, I'm a I'm a mm. I'm a tourist. So this means I get to do this and this. This is what's great mm-hmm. about me. But like, who are you as a person? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, but man, I can go on tangents about that that stuff, man, because it really gets on my nerves. Well, that's back to what you were saying about the that test where you said like a, you're an eight personality type or whatever. It's like, yeah, but are you a are you are you living that properly, or are you just like using it as an excuse? Like, oh, look, right. This says I'm a uh, this says I'm a I'm a Gemini. So I get to be like wishy washy and split personality, and I can be like I'm a flake on you, Nick. Exactly, exactly. Like, like no, no, it doesn't. You know, like it, it's it's not it's not what this shit is meant to be. Like it's uh, like uh, like what Dame Dizzle said. He said, you know, it's like looking at a watch. Like yeah, like it, if you if you know you got an appointment at three o'clock and it's one o'clock, you don't say, oh, it's one o'clock. I guess I'm not going to that appointment. Like, well, no, I do flake niggas though. I do flake. <laughs> we all do, man. We all fall for this bullshit. The the thing is for for people to understand. See, too, this you, is you actually... yeah, This isn't just for like magical people, okay? It it it, it isn't. It, it, Christians do this same shit too. You know the the, uh-huh. the you know I, you know it, I can't make it to church for one reason or another mm-hmm. because uh, Jesus said this in the Bible one time. They make excuses mm-hmm. for all kinds of nonsense too. This mm-hmm. is a, a a human condition, and but you're right. There are a shit ton of people, and I know a lot of them that that, that are like. Oh, we shouldn't go outside. Did you know that so and so moon is rising? And when you were talking about uh, the the Mercury retrograde shit, dude, years ago I said I don't participate in that shit. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna have a bad day for months. I'm not doing. That. I'm not participating. It, it, is, in it. it is a perception thing, though. Now, now that you think, like, you really, really think about it, since you could tell motherfuckers that it's Mercury Mercury retrograde. And everybody's gonna be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, 
crowd. Everybody just threw nothing but massive panic energy into the air to just make this shit a little funkier. So, all in all, all they did was hyperinflate what was, like, really going to happen. So, if you don't give it any credence or credit, then you don't have to, like, exhaust yourself overthinking about it. Right. A true magician yeah, wants to work just with supposed nature. To give that, you're supposed to... Exactly. That's exactly what it is. You're just supposed to know what time it is, give that energy its respect, but it's not supposed to paralyze you. It's not supposed to dictate your life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go ahead, Aga. You started to say something. There is just a little bit of a delay between us. So go on and continue with your point, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, can. Oh yeah, I was just saying it's just a, it, like you were saying you were about to say something about a, a true mood, uh, something about a true magician, and I think I cut you off. And I was like, yeah, it's just supposed to be something where you're supposed to recognize and respect the energy, but that's it. It's not supposed to be something that paralyzes you or dictates your life. And um, and I think people only fall into that trap just because they don't really know who they are, but also because I do believe it's probably a government psyop, um, to turn a actual helpful tool for self-actualization mm-hmm. and realization um, into a novelty trick. No, I, think, I, also... I think that uh, astrology, crystals, the tarot, I think those are the top three psyops um, in the metaphysical mm-hmm. community, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Hey, actually, yes, I would agree with that. What they do is they divert your attention the best possible. They can't hide it but they divert your attention. What people have to understand is exactly. since we are the cosmos. We can really, really tap into like some real sick, unlimited potential ass shit or walking crystals. We are built of everything that comes of the cosmos, the dust and all that fun shit. Mm-hmm. So we have the ability to perform a lot of shit that mm-hmm. like it, all it does is just take real focus. Granted, if anybody knows what technology really is, it's just nothing but Luciferian toys. So, <laughs> like, it's nothing but Lucifer's toys just to keep you distracted away from what real God is, which is nature. And being one with yourself and understanding one as a whole. And that's why they've done a good job when it comes to indoctrinating shit. Like, you snatch up your family and you send them down a pipeline and niggas keep drinking this, that, and the third and have no idea about health. And so since they don't take no attention to health, they just live their everyday life saying, oh, well, my kidney hurt for a few days. Well, I'm not going to pay attention to it. To really get into like the spiritual life, the first one of the biggest steps is health. Like if you don't pay attention to your health, if you don't pay attention to your health whatsoever, like you are submitting your entire life to an individual, a.k.a. a doctor. And that should be the first thing on everybody. How the fuck do you run this and operate this machine that I am inside? What sense does it make that we always have to go and give away our, our uh, ability of um, knowledge pertaining to your own body <laughs> to another individual or things of that nature? Mm-hmm. So people don't really cognitively take in the understanding like, for you to know yourself. And it's not about the hobbies you like or the people you like, or if Bonnie down the street thinks you're cute. It's really first starting off with how well is your machine taken care of? A hundred percent. I think I said that on uh, Twitter as well, where I was like, what if 
what's the point of uh, having a body if you can do everything in the astrals? And what I was trying to say by that is like, mm -hmm. no, your body is important. You're here mm -hmm. to to do something in this physical plane of, of mm -hmm. reality. Um, and I, I, that's another one, one of those things where I feel like the people who say that your body, your health is not important are people who have never experienced it. Like you cannot tell me that if you go on a fast or if you start to eat better, that you won't notice that your dreams are clearer. It's your meditation mm -hmm. easier, all of that kind of stuff. So people who mm -hmm. say that, I, I just firmly believe they're not actually doing anything. They're just falling back on um, their mm -hmm. addictions. Yeah, it's it's like asking, like, well, wait, if if radio waves are invisible and travel through the air, why do we need a radio? Like, well, um, this is kind of self-explanatory, right? <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's the, this is the this is the 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 tuning fork, that, and that's like our biggest problem as a society as a whole. And I mean, more so leaning towards America and us being American. Well, actually, since I'm on this topic of America and being American, are you African, my friend? Like, what's up with the, the oh son of a bitch? <laughs> and that was like uh, all in all, like. What's your perception on uh, us Negroes being here? What was we here already? Did we like get brought over here? Um, would you consider yourself, I guess, a black nationalist? Or like, how do you perceive yourself when it comes to your skin color? Does it even fucking matter? <laughs> now, this is another touchy topic, um, mm -hmm. but like science and so first, first and foremost, I've done my genealogy back until uh, the early or the late 1600s, and my none of my family members have come off of a boat. All of my family is from Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. So I'm what you call a um, Aboriginal, Aboriginal American, American. Um, so I don't tap into. Any, <laughs> I, got, I don't I tap into yeah. any any of that slavery. <laughs> I don't tap into any of that slave narrative. Um, I think it's defeatist, and I think it's just a mm -hmm. a way to uh, for the for the powers that are currently running the country to um, to keep you distracted and keep your resources mm -hmm. or our resources. Mm -hmm. um, you asked me. So it it does matter to the degree because everything on earth has melanin. If it's alive, it has melanin. Um where where the difference is is the types of melanin. I mean, obviously some people have more um external melanin than others. Um, but there's a whole there's a whole science to that about why it matters. Um what else I was gonna say. What, what was the other part you asked me? You asked me about my uh my skin color, uh, I, the slave narrative, and whatever. No, basically, I was gonna uh, like, are, are you a black nationalist? How do you perceive being a black individual uh, in America? Like, you, yeah, um, because when you talk about spirituality, it's not about race, but if you really do your research, it kind of is about race to a degree. And that's from my black ass understanding. It's, it's, it's really not. It's really not. It's, it's, it's it's more so about your culture. I think mm -hmm. that's really the thing that's um, being attacked right now is people's cultures, especially when it comes to like 
how you raise your kids, two-parent homes, all the kind of things, uh, extended families, those type of things, those type of cultural things are under attack. When it comes to race, I think that's just another tier in, in the war, the collective war against us all. Because um, everything is, is really more so about class and culture that yes. we're dealing with, not so much about race. Um, so I'm not a black nationalist. I'm... Like I said, when I have my revelation and I understand what I'm here to do, I don't care about if the next person that is on my wavelength is black, white, Asian, or whatever. Like, if we're trying to do the same thing, we're trying to do the same thing. Because actually, if I'm being honest, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about in terms of ancestral veneration, that's a, a more so of a, more dominated by the Asian culture. When I go and try to buy ancestor money or Josh paper or Josh anything, I get it from the Asians. You know what I mean? They know what time it is when it comes to taking care of their ancestors. So people that look like me, they're not even, unless they're from Africa or the Caribbean, they're not trying to do what I'm trying to do. So, yeah. like, I'm just tapped into who is on the same vibration as me. That's true. That is very mm. true. That's true. Absolutely. And, and and this is, you know, for me, I, I struggle with this quite a lot as well, because like I said, I'm about as German as you can get. The 90% of my blood is German. I just can't find, and, and I, I have respect for the, the like Germanic gods, Thor and Freya and all that stuff. I have respect for people that find truth there. That's awesome. I just don't. And, and why is my white ass finding all kinds of of joy and happiness coming from Legba and Gede and, and Urzuli and Shingo and all these African things? You know, I don't know about melanin. I don't know about all that stuff. But Africa. Clearly. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but but I got. Yeah, right. But Africa has a, a very. I don't know, like beautiful place mm -hmm. within my heart. I find it and, and I, and I find, and it goes beyond just spiritual stuff. You know, I, I find Frederick Douglass to just be one of the most enlightening individuals who happened to be black. Malcolm X, again, one of the most vicious defenders of freedom that has ever existed again, has a black face. And, and I just personally, I don't know what it is about that draw. I don't know if it is my ancestors that are somehow I've gotten contact, <laughs> contact them from one way the fuck back there. But, <laughs> but I find that joy there. And for me, it, it isn't about whether or not I should do it or whether I am a, you know, what, what my race should be or whether I should be proud of this or that or the other thing. I don't give a fuck about that. I'm with you, you know, whatever works, whatever gets you to God, the point is to get to God. And if, if, mm -hmm. if sitting in a pew in a Methodist church gets that for you, then I'm a hundred percent behind that. Whatever the fuck works for you get there. Because this is a spiritual experience that we should be having. Yes, according to the Kabbalah, we are in Malkuth. We are in the kingdom. We are on earth. And to your earlier point, yes, this realm matters. Duh. Why else would we be doing it? But the point mm -hmm. is not this realm. The point right. is some kind of 
growth, enlightenment mm -hmm. towards mm -hmm. God. And however somebody's getting there, great. When it comes to freedom, I agree with you. This is a psyop. This is absolutely how they can divide us into one camp or another camp and keep us fighting each other so that they so that we don't fight the real enemy, which are the ass bags that are trying to control and destroy culture that you're talking about. They're actually true. Absolutely. So and well, another another one, part of this ahead, that Jeff. I think when it comes down to when it when it comes down to um the whole race thing is that people don't understand the concept of reincarnation. Like you were not black every time. True, true. You were not Asian every time, you were not a woman every time, you're not a man every time. Like how can you get caught up in race when you don't know you, you don't even know who you were the last lifetime? You know what I mean? So your infinity or affinity for uh, African culture. Maybe you were African in the previous life. You know what I mean? People don't, they don't even stop to think about that type of thing. And it, That's something you can actually look at in, in your astrology chart as well. Um, where your uh, Aquarius is in your chart, it shows you um, your uh, propensity to like things that are foreign to you. The 12th house is another thing like that too. It can show you that your attraction to things that are foreign to you. So you may not go through life um, attracted to things that are in your culture. One, because you're not yeah. supposed to, and you're supposed to grow towards something else. Or two, you're attracted to something that you have been around for the past three or four lifetimes. And I think that's another thing, and we we don't have to talk about it, but that's a whole that's a whole another thing when we're talking about those people who are transgender or whatever. Like, they could have been Lifetimes a man and come back as a woman or vice versa, and they have not accepted like, hey, I'm not that anymore, and they're having mm -hmm. these urges to do different mm -hmm. things based on previous times spent in a different body. Um, but absolutely, I use whatever works. I've gotten past uh, worrying about what people think about me. I just do whatever it is that's going to evolve my soul. Mm -hmm. <coughs> yeah. Think. To kind of kind of to your point, um, yes, you're absolutely right. I've done some past life work, and yes, Africa plays a big part, particularly Egypt, but also into the 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 deeper Africa as well, West Africa, and all of that. So absolutely, but also I'm five degrees Aquarius, so there there's where that's at, and um, oh, okay. but, yeah, mm -hmm. and and so and and I also have Saturn in my twelfth house. Um, and it, and it is Damn, everything else. Houses. Yeah, everybody's got 12 houses. It was a joke. <laughs> I, was... I know, I know, I know, but uh, but it is uh, in the 12th house, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, so it's in the 12th house, and everything else is on the other side, so it mm. ranges, but everything's on the other side. So, every single thing in my life is pointed towards that other, which is Saturn in my 12th house. So, yes, mm. you're correct. So just to absolutely, absolutely. Time. I would love to read your chart. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I want I want to tap into one I'll thing. We're talking mind. about this this uh, psyop stuff and everything because I, I just want to give y'all. It was really like digging in on me this this idea of whether it's astrology or numerology or uh, Christianity, like scripture, um, any of these things, even even like you know all the other religions, uh, Hinduism, Buddhism. Islam, like you go through and like people, human nature, especially in today's microwave culture, 
is to go for like that bumper sticker, that like quick fix, that immediate gratification. We want, we want the answers and we want them all now. We aren't patient enough to wait for what, what a deeper understanding involves. It involves a lot of waiting, a lot of work, um, a lot of introspection, a lot of silence. And I just want to like, it it dawned on me as we were talking about this, there's a tendency for people to look at all of these things that involve our transcendental self, the, the, the self of us that is, um, both part of this body and also transcends this body. Um, we have a tendency to look at these things in a way that wants to be superficial because superficial is easier. It's faster. It's more immediate access. Right. And so it dawned on me like CNBC is great at manipulating people this way. They, I have like, just because I do a lot of stuff in the, in the market and everything, I have the CNBC app just cause like when, when stuff happens, news hits or whatever. And I, for whatever reason, I didn't like disable the notifications until like just recently. But while I had them enabled, I would always get these notifications. So I just pulled up the app just to see if they had one. This is what they love to do. It says stock futures fall on Sunday as Wall Street braces for a busy earnings week. So they use this word as to make you think it means because. Mm. They say stock futures fall on Sunday. And then whatever comes after as is their microwave culture explanation for why stock futures have fallen on Sunday. Doesn't have a probably doesn't have a damn thing to do with like they'll do this stuff all the time. It's like uh so such and such, you know, the market is the Dow is up 400 points as uh coronavirus uh fears ease or some nonsense like that. And it's like, no, dumbass, like uh Netflix and Amazon just had blowout quarters and they're they're carrying the market. And then you look at like half of the other sectors, the oil sector is getting destroyed. It's just there's so much more to it than just like looking at this from and it, it used to always drive me nuts when I watch like my, my dad and like some other folks, they, they look at this stuff and be like, oh, the Dow's down 250 points. I'm like, are you taking all your money out today? And like, is it really going to hurt you if it's down 250 points today? People tend to um, they tend to view things in their spirituality in that same way where they, they just want the headline. They just want that thing that tells them, like, tell me why this stuff is happening. Oh, it's because Mercury is in retrograde? Okay, well, that explains everything. Now I don't have to do anything. I just have to recognize that my life is fucked because of Mercury being in retrograde. And I guess I just should sit here on my hands and be fucked. Um, and so Mercury. We have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have a tendency as human beings, um, the, the, the weakness of our, of our flesh um, can, can sometimes be an obstacle to like our transcendental self, the, 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 the rest of us that can go. Um, yes, exactly. Slight of propaganda hand. Bingo. So what what people tend to do is instead of, okay, I'm going to look at this company. I want to see what their financials look like. I want to see what kind of uh, EPS they're pulling, um, what look what type of deals they've made recently that might improve that. And I'm going to invest long term and I'm going to dig in. That takes a lot of work. It's a lot easier to just be like, you know what? Um, stock futures are falling as Business as Wall Street braces for a busy week of earnings, let me uh, set up some sell orders tomorrow morning because I'm scared. That people want that little, you know, just tell me the answers 
so I can just get rich. And it's like, it's not that easy. It's so much more complicated than that. And it involves a lot more work. And so that's where like going into the, the, the astrology and numerology stuff, a lot of people like to just use like a number for a day. Like, Oh, it's a, this day. Therefore all this certain stuff is going to happen. It's like, well, what about how that stuff relates to you and what your shit is and like what some of the things that you're doing and how those things align. Um, exactly. It, it, it's just a part of the, of the equation and you have to do more work to get the rest of the, the answer. I'm trying to t- treat it like it's tick tick. If I see another freaking general reading. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If I see another freaking general reading for all signs, I'm like, Oh my, how can you possibly do that? Like, so you hundred percent right. People just want the quick answer and they, mm-hmm. they forget that some people have spent their lives becoming adept at different practices. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't even have to be spiritual. Like, there's a, someone who spent their life being a mechanic or a doctor or a lawyer. It's the same as somebody who is a numerologist or astrologer or a tarot reader. It takes years of practice. Um, but I don't, I don't think you're ever going to get past that part of human nature of wanting no. to just to get the quick fix. It's kind of like in our, in our DNA. To want mm-hmm. this, the the instant gratification, and then the culture doesn't help. I you know? that too. Like people literally ask me questions where they. What do you say? I said that they hyperinflated the instant gratification attitude. You mm-hmm. know, motherfuckers used to wait for mail to be sent to their loved ones in like three, four months. <laughs> now we get an instant text message like, okay, no, nah, I knew you were next to your phone and I ain't talked to you for like an hour. What do you do? Like, so the mm-hmm. instant gratification was just blown. Where I, actually, it was basically put upon this specific generation and like a few generations prior to it, opposed to the other generations that used to be the hands and knees working in the fields. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So it's it's about the times, but I'm sorry to cut you off. What were you saying? Uh, I was saying something about how it takes. I was agreeing with the chat about the uh, the, the the desire for instant answers, instant gratification. Um, but that also goes to the fact that they really don't like or love what it is they're trying to learn. Because there are certain parts of astrology that are bone dry, boring. But because I like the science, I like to know the ins and out of it. I take the time to read those chapters and try to apply it versus person. Uh, so it's, it, what we're really describing to me is just a giant identity crisis. People who really don't know who they are, so they have to attach themselves to external labels, external practices, and all type of stuff. Um, but that's that's what it seems to be to me is a lack of self identity. Searching for like some sort of external validation of who they are and what they're supposed to be, and and like a like the idea of being of having someone else tell you that it's okay for you to be you is so weird to me. Yeah, it, it, and it's also you're right, and it's also searching for miracles. They want this shit to happen today, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, one of the things a lot of this conversation reminds me of is um, some friends of mine. I wasn't there, but some friends of mine were working with um, Enochian, which is a form of angelic magic, and that I actually have done quite a lot of. But that they they had done they were doing this, and they were talking to a Enochian angel. All and same one thing. Of them, I love that stuff. 
Yeah. It, it, so, so at the, at the end of the day, what they, what they said, what, what they, when they were talking to the angel, they asked the angel, well, we'll be ever, ever able to like just manifest money or to just, you know, have whatever it is they want. And the an angel's answer was absolutely in will. And um, for those that don't know, which is most people, the in the Enochian system, there are 30 levels of consciousness. The final one is L-I-L -L or Lil. And so what they said was, yes, you'll be able to in Lil. And in other words, when you reach the final level of consciousness, which is 30 levels, mm -hmm. which is a pain in the ass to get to. And then they said, <laughs> and, and, the, and the angel said, and once you get there, you don't want that shit no more. So, so, you know, again, people are looking for miracles. They're looking for everything right now. And like Chad just said, without knowing who the fuck they are, how do you mm -hmm. expect to know every ins and outs of the entire goddamn right. universe when you can't say who you are? So, yeah, it, 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 to me, the, the, a lot of this is just nonsense. Um, and, and people looking for the easy out and they, and I, we face it a lot more, I, I think than Christians and, and, and Muslims and Jews do because magic by its, by its reputation, um, gets you in my, people's minds to instant gratification. I got news for you. I've been doing this shit for a really long time. I'm 40, 47 years old. I've been doing it since I was 18. Guess what? It's fucking hard. It is a daily activity. It is not easy. And so, so that's why I tell people, this is not, for, if you want to suddenly be able to walk on water, this is not the path for you. I don't know if there is one, this one ain't it. Right. hundred percent. So for, for you, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you had quite a lot of, um, of it, it, like animosity and, uh, and, you know, dislike for Christianity. This is something that I have personally faced and try to, to give credit where credit is due. Really, Chad is one of the biggest reasons why I have come to a, a loving embrace, not of Jesus. I did that a long time ago. He's cool. But being able... His followers are assholes sometimes. Though. Right, right. His followers are <laughs> shitholes. A lot. And so... What, Our bad. What, yeah, right. But, but, but people like Chad and, frankly, Aaron and people like Mark Kreslins and, mm -hmm. and, and many of these people are, are the people that have really led me to embrace them as just another method of getting at God. What has helped you get past that, that anger or are you still there? Um, what helped me get past it is a lot of shadow work where I realized that um, I would say at least 50 percent of the angry anger that I had with uh, Christianity was with the followers. Like he was saying, some of the followers are assholes because I would be coming up from where I came from, struggling, um, somewhat poverty. I would look around at the people who were uh, professing Christ and Christianity and they were not in good good places in life, at least from a material standpoint. And I'm like, we could be doing something different because you're telling me Jesus wants you to do this or you're telling me that we have to be in this church or whatever, whatever. Like, why did why did, I was like equating the religion to why my life was at a young age was hard. And so when I realized that a lot of what I was holding to them 
um, holding against them, well, holding against Christianity really had to do with them and their uh, their impact on me and my life. I got past some of that. And then another part of um, me getting over uh, my animosity towards Christianity was I learned that everybody's path is different. And so um, when studying um, a part of uh, astrology, karmic astrology, you can look you can look at people's charts and see what they're here to atone for. You can see what some people are um, are here to do. And so. Some people, their their time on Earth is simply just to be. Well, their time and interaction with you is simply to be. Um, it could it could be one day. It could be one word. And so when I when I understood that I I chose to incarnate into a family of Christians, it was for my my greatest good, for my highest good. And so if I know that I chose this, like, how could I be angry at them? You know what I mean? I needed I needed that um, upbringing to get to where I am on my spiritual path now. You know what I mean? And so one of my teachers was telling me that once you realize that someone who has, has helped you on your spiritual path, you have to tell them thank you. Even if this person did um, the most vile thing to you. To send you into the dark night of the soul, to betray you, to break your heart, stole from you, whatever it is, whatever sent you down that road, and you realize you wouldn't have been down there, you wouldn't have reached there or spiritual out there, you have to tell thank you. And so when I look back, I would not be here had it not been for my temporary disdain of those people. And they just happen to be Christians, you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, sure. love it. it <laughs> one of the things that that I also think that 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 shout out to us, uh, right, right. But but one of the things that's really nice too about <laughs> this particular, right. One of the things that's nice about this particular uh, relationship that that I've kind of developed with Christianity is that I, I can and I can, I really have gotten to where I'm like, thanks, that's awesome. Thank you for for teaching me whatever lesson it was that I needed to learn. So that's really cool and and uh what i have found particularly and, and chad's leaving right now but he was saying i'm about to pay him a, uh, a compliment i'm gonna be listening on my phone i, I gotta i'm gonna get something i'll be right back cool so so what's what's really interesting to me is is i've really seen with this this uh project that chad's been working on the overlap like it was so funny you know he was talking about this this cup of jesus that came this is a couple days ago that gets past him my whole fucking spirituality is based on going towards the uh, well, towards banah which is uh because again saturn 12th house, all that stuff. So is is heading towards Banah and the cup of Babylon. So I'm, I'm like directed at that shit. And and here comes Chad going, just accept the cap. Just accept the cup that, that it passes to you. And I'm like, that's exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Jesus knew what the hell he was talking about. Go figure. <laughs> it, it, but, it, it, but his journey has really taught me how this is all the same shit. This is just it, 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 different people putting different words mm. on the same ideas. This it's is a big ass thing. game of bullshit telephone. And somebody <laughs> told the sloppiest lie and it nobody decided to go uh, straighten this shit out from the beginning. So, 
man. I'll keep going. Um, I'm looking for this. I'm looking for no, a spot in this book. I uh, I actually had the same sentiment with like being in a really religious family and it being pushed like into my life. Like this is your end all be all. And like sitting in church, I was just sitting there bored as hell, like every other kid. And I'm like, bro, this shit is not hitting. Like this shit don't make no sense. Like, I mean, granted, he, he he's speaking uh, truth, you know, and with certain sermons, but like I'm nodding out in, in a pew just to get slapped upside my head by my mama. Boy, you better wake your ass up, like <laughs> in church. So it's like uh, the, it was something that was like, okay, well, here we go. And with my stepmom, you know, it was kind of forced upon me where I'd go to Sunday school every Sunday. Couldn't sleep in. Got to go learn about Jesus. And then <laughs> after that, uh, we'd have to uh, go to uh, church. And I'd sit there. And, like, I was starting to, like, really understand it. Um, then you get confirmed. You pick up a name. And I'm like, wow, I'm getting homework on Sunday from church. Like, why do I have to? Like, I already get this shit from school. Supposed to be on break. <laughs> right. I'm trying to mind my business and had to write a whole paper. But it is what it is. It's just the things that piled up. But the things that was worst about it was, it's like, it was all stern and strict. And it felt like it drained my creativity as a child. Like, all my energy and all my fun times that I could have, like, I guess, spent learning about certain things. I was sitting learning about Jesus, but never really paying attention and like really retaining the information. You know, mm. it wasn't, it wasn't something that I sat down and really digested. It was just, I'm here because you motherfuckers just are have me here. So hi. <laughs> mm-hmm. But see from that, from that standpoint, like I hear people say that a lot. Um, they'll be like, I, they, they sound like victims, you know what I mean? Like, I believe that we are in complete control of our experiences on this planet, this, this dimension, and we knew exactly what we're getting into. So I just try to get people to snap out of them saying, like, you made me do this or my parents made me do that or whatever like that. Like, no, before in between your lives, you chose to incarnate into this lifetime for a particular reason. And the quicker you come to the realization, the quicker you learn the lesson of why, you chose his family or you chose his lifetime, um, I think you will make leaps and bounds in terms of your spiritual growth. You know mm. what? That's absolutely right. And with all the tools that like are presented towards an individual, all I think is it's like in a video game, you know how like you hit a pause menu and you have like a guide that tells you about your certain moves and scale sets and shit like that. That's all the shit is. You know, you get you a nice ass forecast and it just tells you about your characteristics. And as you level up and grow older, you obtain certain attributes. You're on a big ass RPG solo crest. Like that's mm-hmm. that's that's what this shit is. It's a big ass RPG. And if you like either go explore the land or you stay in your land and you stay a certain commoner or you explore this land and develop certain experiences, um, and you grow as a person, you know, there's there's always I mean, you can always grow here at home, but exploration is a true uh, eye opener when it comes to uh, truly understanding different cultures and societies mm-hmm. and expanding your 
wherewithal of other people other than the ones that represent your skin tone or your ideology due to your uh, area. Yeah. Right. For me, if this is all, because early on we talked about the the whole idea that this is a simulation, okay? I don't see how that is earth-shattering to anyone who has practiced any religion. Every religion, Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, all of them say this is an illusion and that that God is on a different plane. Well, maybe God's the player of the game. (laughs) You know, if this is Mm -hmm. a simulation, I, I, I don't give a fuck. It still has the same like impact on my life if if god's uh, like god as we kind of envision god being or god's right. some little kid playing a video game and <laughs> it, it still has the same fucking impact on my life right. so so if i if that's true if we are in a simulation and we do get to create our own reality my church my church is all about banging on some drums. Good day's a hell of a god, man. He's a good time. He likes to party, drink, <laughs> drinks him a shit ton of rum. Wait, you can drink at your church? Oh, church? All the time, dude. Rum Wait. is required in I mean, no, 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 no. Not that wine stuff that they feed me. Or like, no, no, you rum. know, my uncle My uncle had like the little packets, uh, like a little graham cracker and some uh, cranberry juice at the very no, no. bottom of it. And they, they used to get a little. <laughs> That's what's beautiful about voodoo, man. I get rum, cigars, weed. I get all I know about the cigars. My God's awesome. And so if I get to choose God, if I get a, and, and to me, G'day and Jesus are quite similar when you really dive into it, except for the rum, the, the boobies, and the and the cookies. I get cookies and rum. <laughs> if, you, if you want crackers and wine, you can have crackers and wine. That's fine. I like boobies. Rum and weed. It's weird. <laughs> that's, that, so, so I get to choose. That's what I choose. So I, n- I never found, I went downstairs to get this book. It's a great book. It's called Interior Freedom. It's by Jacques Philippe. But anyway, it, there's it's somewhere in there. Or it, it may be another book by him that I, I'm mistaking it for, but there's something in there because y'all were talking about this idea with like Christianity. And I think it, I think this plagues every different either uh, movement or, you know, spirituality, religion, whatever you want to call it, any group of people um, that is attempting to evangelize, I think. Um, or or yeah. even sometimes it can just be like, I've, I've had this experience as a parent, as a son of, you know, my parents. Um, when a lot of times people can think that if they are doing what they think, needs to be or saying what they need think needs to be said or doing what they think needs to be done to promote whatever it is that they believe in. They are losing sight of one very important aspect of it. And that is the manner in which you promote that idea. So often we can, you know, Westboro Baptist church, for instance, um, you know, (laughs) you can, you can say some things in a way that where you're, you may have really good intentions. I'm sure they think they have really good intentions. Um, their messaging is terrible. Um, <laughs> and, and I think it's important to consider that, that there's a, there's a way to, cause I, I've actually gone, I've actually done some of these things before where we go and we will like pray in front of like an abortion clinic and it's very, it's across the street and it's very respectful mm. and it's very, it's very quiet and it's very, um, and it's just very reverent. It's it's not 
we don't have to be like heckling people or calling them murderers or any of this other kind of stuff. What, what, what it is, is it's just a, it's just a way of like, of, of being who you are and, and being where you think you need to be, but trying to do it in a way that, that respects, respects the humanity of the other person and, and recognizes like, okay, listen, you may be, you may, you may see this as even, even like Marcus and I have, have dealt with this. Like we're like huge anti-war, you know, uh, activists. And, um, sometimes you have to be careful. Like there's some people, there's certain people, you know, John Bolton and John McCain and other folks like that, who I'm like, yeah, you know what? Gloves are off. Y'all are like active, actively going in behind closed doors in these smoke filled rooms and designing the way you're going to murder people. I'm not, I don't have the same level of like, uh, I don't know, outreach that I have for the, the unwitting dupes who fall for the propaganda. The unwitting dupes who fall for the propaganda need our charity. They need our, our love, our compassion, and a way for us to invite them to understand and recognize, okay, listen, I realize that you have, you, you, that this stuff is thick. The propaganda is strong. It's very powerful, right. and that that and that it may have convinced you. Right. Let's have a conversation about like how this stuff is really, really harmful, and that there's a better way. And and approaching it that way instead of like you know like you're a murderer, um, and you know you co-sign murder. Like it, it's it it becomes this um, pissing Peter. contest. Super glue in there, yeah, Starbucks. Right, exactly. Yes, <laughs> like shout out the homegirl. Shout out the homegirl last night, uh, who was I don't know what she was protesting or something, but she she was dressed like a referee or something like that, trying to run onto the court for the uh, in the Grizzlies uh, <laughs> yeah. game, and that security guard was peeping the whole time. She did not fall for it one bit, but but no, but it's very important, and and so I, if if I may, allow me to apologize for all of Christianity. Um, when, when we have as, as a community, um, <laughs> approached, approached our evangelization with not the love of Christ that the, the, you know, the savior we profess, but instead with the wrath of like a demon, sometimes I think that some of this stuff comes off quite demonic and yeah. very counterproductive and very, um, very, oppositional to what we actually are and and what we should be and what we should be striving to be. And so um, to, to that point, that that's why I wanted to go get the book. And I'm sorry, Mark, I know you were trying to like compliment me and everything. And uh, I appreciate that very much, but it ain't about me. Like what it, what it is for me is it's, it's about if we can all together come to a deeper and greater and more, more fulfilling understanding of who we are, why we're here and and how we can come together and like reach that fulfillment together and bring each other closer to that fulfillment. That's all that I, that I care about. And however I have to do that to, to, to achieve that, I'm going to try to do it. And and that's why I brought that quote up is because what he's talking about is the means that you use to get that message across are almost as important as the message itself. If your message that you're trying to get across is wholesome and and true but you you're an asshole about it you, what you have caused is you you've actually caused rebellion against the truth because people human nature is Ooh. to rebel okay. against 
oppression and tyranny. And so um, we all, all of us who have our little puzzle piece of the truth, I think have a responsibility to, to, to try to profess that truth in a way that, that invites people to put their puzzle piece together with ours instead of like, no, you need to burn your puzzle piece and you need to get one uh, photocopied just like mine. And you know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's uh, it, a lot of times that can be the tendency for, for all of us. And uh, anyway, so I apologize on behalf of Christianity for um, not being kind to, to, no, I, I, I don't, I don't think I have anything against people who are, uh, they believe they are expressing some type of right, righteous indignation that they're angry because mm-hmm. other people are not doing uh, what God wants them to do. I, I don't have a problem with people who have conviction. I would say my my issue with Christianity when I was growing up is that I don't believe they believed any of that stuff. And they mm-hmm. were paralyzed by a fear of going outside and learning something different. You know what I mean? And that's what made me mad because I was like, Y'all, y'all don't believe any of this stuff. You're just too afraid to learn something new. You're more afraid of going to hell um, mm. or paralyzed by the fear of going to hell than you are of like uh, just learning something new. Like, like so, I don't, I, yeah, a certain level of like self-actualization is like more more fearful than like they're they're more afraid of 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 yeah. the punishment than they, than they are of the the realization of their their own fulfillment. A hundred percent. And whenever you try to vocalize that to them, is they get they shut down. So I, I was very frustrated because I was like, "Well, this can't be true because X, Y, and Z." But like they take it as personal affronts or personal attacks. And I was like, "I just, right. I just gave up." And so I, like I said, I look back. <laughs> I, I look back, and I, a lot of my disdain for Christianity was more so with them and their intellectual laziness and their um. Mm. They're uh, just just the way they they were living their life, but but I, I do accept your apology because some Christians can be a little <laughs> bit much. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, and I'm I'm gonna kind of aim at wrapping this up a little bit, but um, because we had had told Aga we'd ha- be with him in an hour and a half, and, and that's oh, yeah, where we're bad. at. No, it's all good. Um, but this is an excellent conversation. But I, mm, I, I want sure. to to. No, we're good. Been, I, I appreciate the time. Yeah. Uh, so, so I want to kind of start wrapping up with a, 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 something I think applies to this. This is actually, it's come in two iterations um, and it comes from Shingo, who is the spirit of Kings, if you will. He's a fan, a spirit in uh, Santeria and he's used both of these, the, the ways of explaining this um, from both angles. He has said where fear is love cannot be. And where love is fear cannot be. And when you understand that God is love, when you understand that, take that, understand that, understand that when you are fearing, whether that's of hell or whether that fear is of other people's opinions or whatever it is, when you are afraid, that love cannot be there. But if you embrace love, if you embrace that loving God that wants nothing more than for you to be embraced by that love, there is no fear in the world that can stop you. So I, I want to turn mm. uh, this this towards um, 
towards the 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 end by saying that Aga, this has been amazing. I love these kinds of conversations. I think that you are a a inspiration in many ways. I think I draw a lot from your Twitter in spiritual ways more than I do from a lot of the other because I I'm with Chad and frankly with Nico that I I think that politics is important right now and I think that understanding our journey towards freedom is important but it's not the most important thing. The most mm -hmm. important things are these topics. It is mm -hmm. coming together because mm -hmm. ultimately this is a spiritual war and it is a war for the, the culture and a war for the, for humanity. And the more we can come together and find that love, the better it will be. So I want to um, hand this to you and whatever message Aga you'd like to deliver um, to our audience, to us, um, please do so. Also, any plugs that you have, anything that you want to present, your Twitter is in the uh, is down below in the comment section. And then after you have said your piece, I'm going to let Chad and Nico both say what they're going to say to kind of in closing. But I just want to again say this has been an amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. I, I, I put it right up there with our conversations with people like Mark Kreslins, who um, who. who come from a Christian perspective, but deliver truth. And that's what you're mm -hmm. trying to do. So thank mm -hmm. you again for coming uh, here and give us your final words, man. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, I just want to say thank you to all of you for just having me, um, for giving me an opportunity to speak my mind and share this information um, and have this conversation. Um, the, I don't have anything that I, I, will, I want to uh, plug. I just want people to do the things like check themselves and make sure they're doing the things that are bringing them closer to enlightenment, uh, closer to God, things that evolve, that evolve the soul. Um, Cause I, I see people stuck where I was at, where they were looking at things and doing things that are uh, for lack of a better word, mental or intellectual masturbation. Like they're just things that are there that like uh, pique your interest, but it's not helping you move the needle. It's not helping you grow. So my message is like, make sure you're doing the things that are actually helping you advance on your spiritual path. And that's all I have. Gems. Beautiful stuff. Um, and uh, the other thing is too, like you, 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 I've seen you put some stuff in there about, you know, gardening and like, you know, growing food and all that sort of stuff too, like taking care of your own health and being uh, responsible for, for that. That's, that's, uh, that's one thing that I have, I've taken, um, I kind of took a hiatus from, from doing that for, for a while. And we have, you know, recently, you know, jumped right back in with both feet on that. And um, anyway, I appreciate anybody else who's, who's trying to promote that in people. Cause I think a lot of this stuff just comes down to, recognizing that the more of your own sovereignty you hand off to other people in this physical realm, the more you make yourself, I think, susceptible to being manipulated in an intellectual and spiritual sense. Because when, when you are hungry and we, when you are in pain and when you are tired, that's when you are the most vulnerable to be manipulated and to be taken advantage of in in every way but especially um you know when we are when we are in a war with uh you know spirits and and uh principalities and everything like it's not just physical stuff it's it, it can become spiritual and intellectual and very much 
transcending our, our human body. So I appreciate that. And uh, I don't know, keep, keep up the good work and I'm going to let Nico uh, finish it off here. You know, you. I, got, I, I, sorry, I missed that little brief segment, but um, I appreciate you for coming on, dropping your wisdom, my G. Uh, it's always a pleasure to chop it up with you. Um, there's nothing better I'd like to do than learn something on a, uh, a good Sunday and a seven day at that. So it's like, why not <laughs> put everything good use? And uh, I'd most definitely like to have you on again if you'd be up for it. If y'all will have me, I, I sure will come back. Right on. It'll, it'll probably be a couple months, but yeah, I'll reach out. Or Nico can reach out, one of the two of us. But uh, again, I, I, the purpose of Aquarian Anarchy is freedom of all kinds. It, it really is about what what we stand for is that true you know, liberation that happens when your body, mind, and soul are all fixated on goodness and love. And so that's why we say that anarchy is freedom, love, and peace, peace, love, and freedom. And, uh, and that's what we teach. So I'm glad you're out there because we need as many allies as we can get. And, uh, because they got a bunch too. So thank you again (laughs) for joining us and for our audience. Thank you for being here. And, uh, you know what you got to do, right? You got to stay free. (laughs) Peace y'all.